This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans, rapists, and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face! When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution uh, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. All right, that is a video that I've been playing for months on my live stream. For those of you who subscribe to my premium live stream, you have seen that many, many times. For those of you who watch the live stream on dlive.tv slash Casey the host, you have seen that many, many times. That is a very small sample of what we have seen and heard from prominent celebrities, Democratic politicians, and members of the United States media openly calling for violence, openly calling to harass people on the political right. Now, obviously, we will address again what happened yesterday as we had to cover the entire show. But I need, some, I need to provide some context here because, as I told you at the beginning of the show yesterday, everybody's got a laminated hypocrite card and everybody was going to pull them out yesterday. So let's just do a little walk down history lane. Not a big one. That'll be coming later in the week. But I just want to do a little one. Now that's a video montage. And I know you can't see the video because this is radio. But that is a video montage. Again, prominent Democratic politicians, members of Congress, calling for violence, calling for insurrection, calling for uh, the harassment of anybody that they don't agree with. You have people 
directly tied to even former Mayor Pete Buttigieg, who actively are trying to build a, it's a bit of a, a blacklist, a hit list, if you will, of anybody who has ever supported President Trump in order to prevent them from ever being able to have a job. You have actively seen left-wing groups target conservatives and Republicans and Trump supporters by doxing them, getting them fired, going after their careers, after their families. You had Antifa show up at Representative Hawley's house with his newborn baby and his wife just the other day and vandalize his home. You've got the United States media, the D.C. police, and everybody attacking the new congresswoman from Colorado who wants to carry her Glock at the Capitol. And after they attacked her, violent protesters showed up at Representative Hawley's house. And then, of course, we saw what we saw in the D.C. Capitol yesterday, where suddenly a bunch of people who are saying law enforcement is not allowed to use deadly force or any force at all against people who are unarmed suddenly support people who are unarmed being shot and killed. Joe Biden himself, who again spent an entire year not condemning violence, on the debate stage he was asked specifically to condemn the violence of Antifa. And what did he say? Antifa doesn't exist, it's just an idea. Well, guess what? There wasn't a group of Trump supporters at the Capitol yesterday, there was just an idea. I would also like to remind everybody that while there was violence yesterday, and yes, Trump supporters do bear some responsibility who were in attendance of that. And we'll also provide some evidence that there were some instigators as well. Some bird dogging was going on. The vice president of the United States, well, the former vice president of the United States, Joe Biden, once told everybody to shoot through a door in order to scare people away. But he also said we need to train police officers to not shoot, and I quote, unarmed people coming at them with knives or something else. That's a, that's a direct quote. So you got Joe Biden saying, take a shotgun and shoot through a door. A man actually used the Joe Biden defense in his, in his case because he did that. He lost, was sentenced to prison. So at the time, the vice president of the United States says to shoot people through a door. A woman was shot and killed through a door. But that same Joe Biden also said we have to train police to not shoot in the chest, but to shoot in the leg if somebody is coming at them unarmed with a knife. So which statement should Joe Biden make about the death of Ashley yesterday? Does he support the, the D.C. police shooting through a door? Or would he condemn the D.C. police for shooting an unarmed woman in the neck? Which one? Which one does he go with? For the record, I, I, I've not provided a full analysis of that situation. We'll get into who she was and what happened. Uh, my premium subscribers will be able to get a video montage of everything involving her death later this afternoon. If you're not a premium subscriber, sorry, become one. The online magazine Slate. This is June 4th, 2020. Declared that violence is an important tool for protesters. This is Slate magazine. Hmm. Nonviolence is an important tool for protest, but so is violence. Oh. 
Now, I want to remind everybody that what we saw in the Capitol yesterday, and I have provided absolutely no condoning of what we saw, but what happened at the Capitol yesterday, of the large riots that we have had in the past 12 months, it was the shortest, it was the least damaging, and it was the least violent of the large riots that we have seen throughout all of 2020. And it is being elevated as if this is the worst thing that has ever happened in the history of the country. I want to remind everybody, the Black Panthers actually took over the Capitol building several decades ago armed with guns, uh, just in case people want to want to forget about that one. No, I'm not comparing the two. I'm just pointing out that this is not the first time that this has happened. Uh, you had some people on, on Fox News that was carried on this show uh, yesterday say, we've never seen anything like this going back to the War of 1812. That's a lie. But of the riots that we have seen in the last 12 months, this one involved the least amount of property damage, the least, well, it's the shortest period of time, and it also had the least amount of violence. There was violence. It happened. And for everybody out there trying to say that it was 100% Antifa or bird dogging, you're wrong. Did some of that occur? Yeah, absolutely. There are plenty of videos that are not getting any attention for the record of the protesters that were there in D.C. trying to stop people from breaking windows, trying to stop people from breaking through police barricades, trying to stop people from storming the Capitol. There are plenty of videos of that. Those are not being shown and you're not being told about it. One of the videos at the start of the breach of one of the barricades as the protesters were telling the D.C. police to stand aside and the D.C. police stood their ground and they began throwing the barricades and trying to remove those barricades in order to get through, one of the officers, I believe a woman, was knocked down. And what you saw was a bunch of protesters go around the barrier and help her to her feet and protect her from the rush of protesters that came through. Now, it doesn't excuse tearing down the barricades in order to get to the Capitol. And right next to that scene, you also had some individuals physically fighting with D.C. police. But if we're going to cover an event, as I've said before, you have got to cover it accurately and you have to be fair. And while there were people clearly misbehaved yesterday, there were an awful lot of people who were trying to mitigate being compared to Antifa or BLM. Now, of course, the problem with that is that we have spent the past past several years, in particular 2020, but the past several years, pretending that violent leftist riots were peaceful protests, while the most peaceful riot, I know that's an oxymoron, but the most peaceful riot that we have seen in at least 12 months just happened at D.C., and it is being elevated to the most violent thing that has ever been seen. My wife has some liberal women friends who yesterday were posting online about how you can't compare what we saw in D.C. yesterday to Black Lives Matter protests because all of the Black Lives Matter protests were peaceful. 
I don't know of a better argument to take away those people's right to vote than that statement right there. No, I'm not actually calling for their right to vote to be revoked. But what a fundamentally uneducated and stupid statement to make. Yet people are making it. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez also had some very interesting things to say about violence and riots. In fact, a lot of politicians did. That's one of the reasons that I played that montage. People love to pretend that the left has not started all of this. They, and I'm not excusing the behavior, folks. I'm not. But if we're going to understand what is happening and if we're going to fix it, we had better start being honest with ourselves as a country about what is causing it. And it has been the left, period, end of story. It has not come from the right. It has not come from the center. It has not come from the moderate left. It has come from the extreme left-wing base of the Democratic Party, period, end of story. And the anarchists who use them as a tool for social change. We're going to go over more of this hypocrisy, and I'm going to revisit some old columns that I have done. And some old research that comes from the FBI about all of this. Because ultimately, who is to blame here? And this is going to, for some of you, it's going to rub you the wrong way. Especially if you're in the media listening to this right now. And it's going to rub you the wrong way because you are completely ignorant of the history of all of this. But the fact of the matter is, the United States media is to blame. Period. End of story. And I have the data and the studies to back it up. More coming up. 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. So let's uh, quote the leftist darling Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on December 2nd of 2020. So this is not that long ago. The thing that critics of activists don't get is that they tried playing the polite language policy game and all it did was make them easier to ignore. It wasn't until they made folks uncomfortable that there was traction to do anything, even if it wasn't their full demands. The whole point of protesting is to make people uncomfortable. Activists take that discomfort with the status quo and advocate for concrete policy changes. Popular support often starts small and grows. To folks who complain, protest demands make others uncomfortable. That is the point. Now, again, I would like to remind everybody that what we saw in Washington, D.C. yesterday was the least violent, shortest-lived, and least costly riot that we have had in a year. And it is being condemned as the worst one. Why? Purely politics. There is no other reason for it. And as I said yesterday, when we were doing live coverage of this, you can address both issues, both disapproving of some of the things that you saw yesterday in D.C., though not all bad. You can disapprove of some of that and still highlight the utter hypocrisy that was inevitable to come from leftists and the United States traditional media outlets in their coverage of it. You can do both. It is okay for you to do both. And the sad reality is 
from all types of news media. There will not be the intestinal fortitude to do that, but you will get that here on this program if it's the only place that you end up getting it. Let's go back in time. August 1st, 2019. The media completely ignore Ilhan Omar endorsing violence against a senator. Now, we've had celebrities like Tom Arnold and uh, all sorts of celebrities out there, and many of them were in that montage that I played at the beginning of the show today, advocating and calling for violence of people. You've had Democratic politicians actively telling you to engage in violence against any conservative or Republican who goes out to a restaurant or to a movie theater. And we saw it happen. We saw it happen with Tommy Lahren. We saw it happen with Lauren Southern. We saw it happen with Brian Kilmeade. We saw it happen with a lot of people that people who were on the political right but were in news media were harassed and assaulted in public. And what happened with media coverage of it? With the exception of Brian Kilmeade, who has a ton of friends in all media outlets because he's just that good of a guy. But with the exception of Brian Kilmeade, those stories either got buried got no coverage, or were excused. Do you remember when the left was running around telling you that throwing milkshakes on people was not assault? Do you remember that? It's, what, two years old? Throwing milkshakes at politicians and conservatives and Republicans is not assault. It's A-OK. And yet an 80-year-old woman tosses water on a Black Lives Matter protester who's harassing pro-Trump protests. That woman committed assault. Weird how that shifted, isn't it? A little strange how Chris Cuomo from CNN advocated and defended violent protests from Antifa and Black Lives Matter just months ago and condemns what he saw in D.C. yesterday. It took Joe Biden an hour and a half to condemn what we saw in D.C. yesterday when he never condemned what ended up happening throughout most of 2020. After about six months of harassing Kamala and him about it, he did finally issue a lukewarm statement on like one of those events. The mayor of uh, Portland, was it Wheeler? Well, right before all of this went down, he finally gave a statement and he said, I have tried being nice. I have tried, I'm paraphrasing. I've tried appeasing Antifa. I've tried listening to their concerns and their demands. The fact of the matter is they aren't interested in it. And he finally condemned them. Look how long it took. I would like to remind everybody again. I'm going to say that a hell of a lot today, by the way, just so you know. I would like to remind everybody that when all of this started, it all started because of a DNC Hillary Clinton campaign funded effort from the Creamer group to bird dog as Bernie supporters at Trump rallies during the Republican primary and start violence in order to undermine Trump supporters and Bernie supporters to give Hillary the win. That is a fact. That is not a conspiracy theory. That is something that has been uncovered and people have gone to jail over. That's how this all got started. Do you not remember the videos throughout the United States of America of people breaking store windows, burning things down, destroying Republican staff offices all throughout the country on Inauguration Day of President Trump. Do you not remember, and we played it in that montage there, Madonna standing up 
at the inauguration of Donald Trump and talking about fantasizing about burning down the White House. Do you not remember that? The media covered all of this with glowing praise as if it weren't in any way, shape, or form advocating or normalizing violence against political opposition. You can go back further than that, folks. I'm only going back about the past 10 years. You could go back all the way decades and decades ago with some of the political ads that have been run against Republicans and conservatives throughout the country, which were excused and normalized. Things like, oh, George Bush wants to tie a noose around your neck and drag you behind a pickup truck. They don't want to count you in the census. We could do this all day. None of this emanated from the right. This all emanated from the radical left. And have radical elements on the right emerged? Yes, because radical elements on the left were normalized by the American political process in the United States media. To my conservative and Republican friends on social media yesterday and today, posting all of their disdain about what they saw at the Capitol, saying this is not how things get done in America. You're wrong. This is not how things are supposed to be done in America. But as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has just stated, it is exactly how things have been done in America for 10 years. Violent riots, violent protests have led to policy changes. Heck, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden campaigned on the idea that if you wanted the violent riots of BLM and Antifa to go away, you had better vote for him and not for Donald Trump. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Go to rbcarcompany.com if you're looking for a used vehicle. rbcarcompany.com. Let's go back to March 16th, 2016. TheBurningTruth.us. Why Obama and everyone else needs to shut up about violent rhetoric. President Obama weighed in on the so-called violent rhetoric in the GOP primary. The laughable insertion of his opinion on the topic should be obvious given his whole presidency was fan, has fanned the flames of hate. President Obama said Tuesday that he was dismayed by vulgar and divisive res uh, uh, rhetoric directed at women and minorities, as well as the violence that has occurred in the 2016 presidential campaign. Remember, that violence was orchestrated by and funded by the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign. So I included a video in there of Obama's five most violent quotes ever, because he has a long, rich history of violent quotes, which, of course, has always been sanitized by the press. And then I continued to write, Mr. I don't want to quell anger. I'm angry and argue with neighbors, get in their face, and uh, who's a word to kick? Those are all things that Obama said, by the way. Wants to weigh in on the undeniably disingenuous attacks on Trump's rhetoric. The same guy that is buddy-buddy with the violent rhetoric spewing Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, no. However, it is important for people to know this isn't a new tactic for liberals. Trump's opposition has just decided that they are going to use liberal tactics to kill his campaign while lamenting those same tactics in the past and will lament them again in the general election. That's what we call intellectual dishonesty. 
Democrats have labeled the Republicans as having violent rhetoric for as long as I can as can be remembered. The Tea Party was falsely accused of violent rhetoric countless times. Do you remember how liberals tried to pin the violent rhetoric tag on Sarah Palin for the crosshairs graphic? They all but accused her of shooting Gabby Giffords herself. The left's use of this tactic is well known. By the way, they have recycled that crosshair thing just even in the last election cycle. The mainstream media's coordinated obliviousness to the left's common violent rhetoric is also well known. A lot of that violent rhetoric is documented, and I documented it on my website, um, and I also linked to it as well in this post, which will be in the Daily Show prep. This old, tried, and true, utterly dishonest attack on Republicans and conservatives was universally derided by the right until Trump came along. Then the never-Trumper simpletons decided that they were going to hitch a ride on the Saul Alinsky bandwagon. They are playing right into the hands of the left and spreading disinformation while they are at it. Trump's violent rhetoric isn't unusual, isn't new, and hasn't crossed any imaginary lines to go too far, at least in the minds of fully functional brains. Frankly, Trump's violent rhetoric has been relatively mild in the history of American politics. If we are keeping score on violent rhetoric, the left is way ahead in spewing hate. Furthermore, their violent rhetoric has actually led to widespread, well, violence including the violent protests at the Chicago Trump rally recently. Now, again, this is a post from March 2016. When you look at the violent rhetoric spewed towards Trump and his supporters for the past year or so, including by the right, Trump's violent rhetoric could be considered self-defense. Friendly reminder, a radio host called for him to be assassinated and then denied it. A conservative, air quote, radio host. So do yourself a favor. Stop embarrassing yourselves with your hypocrisy. Political speech has been used as an excuse by unstable people to use violence as a means since the beginning of the world and throughout the history of the United States. Trump hasn't been a catalyst to anything. After all, if we are going to blame Trump's campaign events for violence, we have to blame Cruz for all anti-gay hate and violence. Both assertions are just stupid and baseless hyperbole. Now, if you look at some of the, the examples of, of violence, I mean, that are out there, um, it's staggering. And when you go through and you look at some of the links in the Daily Show prep when I link to this, please do it. Okay, just please do it. Let's uh, flash forward to August 5th of 2019. President Trump accurately blames shooting violence on fake news media. The media has a big responsibility to life and safety in our country, Trump wrote on Twitter. Fake news has contributed greatly to the anger and rage that has built up over many years. The president spoke right after a right-wing extremist was revealed as the alleged perpetrator behind the shooting in Texas that killed 20 and a left-wing extremist killed 10 in Ohio. Trump responded to the news featuring dozens of 2020 Democrats blaming the shootings on the president, accusing him of stoking white nationalism, hatred, and violence in the country. Now, I wrote an article years ago. And this article was in uh, 2016. The media is responsible for violence in Dallas last night. This was when the Black Lives Matter terrorist started murdering police in Dallas, Texas. And in that post, I include multiple examples of members of the media going back even to 2015 calling for violence against conservatives and Republicans. And I also went into FBI studies on what causes mass shootings 
and violence. Guess what the research shows? The media is the number one catalyst for it in the United States. The number one catalyst, according to the experts. Every time the media goes out there and tells you somebody is a neo-Nazi who is trying to kill you, Every time the media goes out there and says somebody is a white supremacist who is trying to kill you. Every time the media does that, every time the media falsely accuses the president of the United States of being a spy or an agent of a foreign country, every time they falsely accuse him of murdering kids or snatching kids away from their parents, every time they falsely do that, you are leading to violence which is why most of the things that we hear from with these BLM protests are based on things that are not actually real. Are there real police abuses? Absolutely. But the narrative that is weaved for us day in and day out by our media industrial complex is not factually accurate. But when you're afraid, if you think because of the color of your skin when you wake up every day, that you could be shot for sport as if it were deer season by law enforcement and nothing will happen to them because that's what the news media has told you. When you wake up and you think that if you go to school, you are more likely to be shot in the head by an NRA holder, uh, card holder, when in fact it is the, ex the most extremely rare way for you to get hurt in American society. And in fact, schools are safer now than they were in the 1990s. But that's not the rhetoric. You become afraid. The NRA has literally been called a terrorist group by members of Congress. So you get people afraid. You fuel hate. And then you get the congressional baseball shooting, which was a radical leftist who bought into the lie that those Republicans were getting children killed. Folks, I could do this for the next 24 hours with example after example after example if I really wanted to. And I know that many of you would lap it up and would like to have that happen. We obviously have other things to talk about. But in February of 2019, I also wrote another article, the media pushes fake hate while ignoring real hate towards Trump supporters. This has been the second most ignored narrative of the Trump era. It isn't people who wear Black Lives Matter merchandise or Antifa merchandise that are getting assaulted for going about their day and minding their own business. But it was people wearing red MAGA hats. You've got an entire thing. Again, montage, beginning of the show. Punch somebody in the face. The excuse that showed up, not just on social media, but among credentialed members of the press, it's okay to punch a Nazi. They're not a Nazi, though. Doesn't matter. It's okay to punch them if you think they're a Nazi. So I wrote, the sheer amount of examples of Trump supporters being verbally accosted or physically assaulted for wearing their MAGA hats 
should have been enough to spur some media attention at least. Alas, they still ignore the real hate to peddle blatantly obvious fake hate scandals. Out, here's the formula. Outlandish, unbelievable hatred claim is made. Media elites organize to make the story believable. The mainstream media, social media, blue checkmark brigade uncritically spread the story and make it go viral. A crowdfunding site is then created to support the so-called victim. Cracks in the story start to appear, but the mainstream media and social media apologists run interference for the fraudsters. The mainstream media drops the story altogether, rarely reporting that the story was peddled. Uh, they peddled was a hoax. Social media blue checkmark brigaders excuse peddling the hoax because, quote, it's still an important discussion to raise awareness. Fraudster has to give the money that they defrauded back, but this gets absolutely no media coverage at all and is only covered in alternative media, rinse and repeat for fake hate scandals. So I will say once again, because some of you brain dead idiots out there will still misconstrue what I am saying, I am not endorsing what I saw in, in the Capitol yesterday, but let's not deny where it came from. And it came from years and years and years and years and years and years of not basement dwellers, but established media journalists, radio hosts, newspaper columnists and reporters actively and consistently calling for violence against people who they disagreed with politically. Most recently, Kurt Eichenwald saying that he wanted to physically assault anybody who didn't want to wear a mask. This, my Republican and conservative friends out there, this is what has driven policy for the past decade in the United States of America. And when you say this is not how things are done in the United States, you're fundamentally ignorant of what has been happening around you. Yes, it is. It is wrong. But violence and fear is exactly what has driven policy in the U.S., more coming up, 95.3 MNC. All right, cupcakes, let's go through some quotes from 2020. This is just from 2020, and it's only a, a, a smidgen and a sampling. Just from 2020. Now, this comes from a friend of mine who posted an article. His name is John Hawkins uh, on the 20 most obnoxious liberal quotes of 2020. So let's just go through a few of them. These are just from 2020. ESPN's Mark Jones, Saturday at my football game, I'll tell the police officer on duty to, quote, protect me. He can just take the day off. For real, I'd rather not have the officer shoot me because he feared for his life because of my black skin or other dumb bleep. I'm not signing my own death certificate. This is an ESPN commentator who is saying the police officer that will provide security for him while he calls a game is going to shoot him simply because of the color of his skin. You don't think that leads to violent rhetoric against law enforcement? Did that get widespread coverage in the news media? Nope. Why? Because the same company that owns ESPN owns a massive chunk of the news media that you consume every single day. There's about a dozen billionaires and corporations who own 98% of the news that you digest every single day in your life. Instead of standing there and teaching a cop when there's an unarmed person coming at him with a knife or something, shoot him in the leg instead of the heart. Joe Biden, an unarmed person with a knife or something. 
Again, would Joe Biden support shooting through the door to kill that woman yesterday, or would he chastise the police officer for not shooting her in the leg and shooting her in the neck instead? I, I could do this again all day, but I think if we end on the, the most egregious, Michigan Democratic State Representative Cynthia Johnson. So this is just a warning to you Trumpers, be careful, walk lightly, we ain't playing with you. Enough of the shenanigans, enough is enough. And for those of you who are soldiers, you know how to do it. Do it right. Be in order. Make them pay. More coming up. 95.3 MNC.